Chapter 29, Changing Course, I went back to the house feeling empty. Meeting with my mom gave me no satisfaction. Any ideas I still held in my head that I might one day get my family back died a cold death that day. On my door was a written message. It said, Tommy, we need to talk, ASAP. Miss Dorothy Darling. I took the note and made my way back to the office to talk to mother. She was unusually talkative, but didn't ask any questions about my meeting with my real mom. Your mother has always been a rebel, she said. But now we can put that to rest. You are my son, Tommy. Still heartbroken, I offered no reply. Tommy, I heard that Miss Dorothy Darling wants to talk to you. I nodded. I'd rather you not talk to her, she said, sure, I said, mumbling. Her mood turned deadly serious, Tommy, she walked around her desk towards me. It is of the utmost importance that you don't talk to her. I'm your mother, and it would hurt me greatly if you were to. Do you understand? Okay, I said. I understand, as I left the office, I threw the note away. I went back to my room and dressed for our dinner in the city. Another night and another suit. Mother and I rode in a motorcade of black town cars, including the one with the little diplomat flags, to the Divine Tracy. It was a large hotel, though not as big as the Divine Lorraine, the ballroom was not nearly as grand, and the ceilings were a normal height, low, with fluorescent lighting. The tables were folding tables covered with linens and simple floral centerpieces, not like the cascades of flowers and silver of the old days. When we arrived, a troop of just over twenty aging lily buds, adorned in bright red jackets with flowers in the lapels greeted us. They said their antiquated pledge, which had not been updated since the 1940s. In unison they said their pledge, I do not represent races, creeds or colors. Therefore, I am not what you think or take me to be. I am not a Negro or the colored race. I am a real, true American, 100%. Mother, wrapped in fur, smiled from ear to ear. She was thrilled with the attention, but I think she was also nervous. The Divine Tracy was one of the last bastions of hope for the people of the Peace Mission. It was one of the only remaining hotels. Most of the others, in California and New Jersey, along with the international divisions, had been shuttered years ago, and their inhabitants were left to fend for themselves. To my knowledge, even though everybody was supposed to share in the profits of the movement, not one of those people was compensated for their ownership of those properties. Mother had been neglecting the properties, then selling them off. The tension between mother and the followers was obvious. I looked out at a sea of smiling faces with angry eyes. They were paying her lip service. I saw some of the secretaries who had been moved away, some of the old high-level advisors, reduced to patrons at the hotel. The dinners were not what they used to be. It seemed that without father, the divinity was lost. The heads of the movement at the Tracy escorted mother and me to our seats at the head of the room. Mother's secretary, Miss Edna May, had been standing with us, but they escorted her to one of the other tables. The head table was only set for three, mother, father divine, and me, it was an uncomfortable dinner. Mother tried to talk to me, but all that came out of her mouth was gibberish. Can you feel father with us, Tommy? 
Oh, Tommy, you should get more into politics. Look at father with us already all around. You would be great at politics, Tommy, she said. She seemed to be losing her train of thought, and would turn to mumbling at the end, during the dinner, people's true expressions came through. Looks of anger and resentment shot in mother's direction. I tried to break the tension in the room when dessert came, by making a joke, I reached across the table and said. Anybody think father would mind if I took some of his dessert? I don't think he's going to eat it. Everybody within earshot laughed. Even mother. When dinner was over Miss Edna May came back to the table to retrieve us. She took us on a tour of the hotel, to the main lobby, through all of the common rooms and then through the kitchens. Everywhere people stopped what they were doing to acknowledge us. They would stop, face us and bow to Mother Divine, in the kitchens I saw a cook who used to work at the main house when I was younger. She was elderly and hunchbacked. When Mother walked by, she stood behind her tapping her foot. Edna May stepped forward and practically yelled, Mother Divine is here. Raise your head. She turned with her head cocked to the side towards her shoulder and did her best to move her whole body back so that she could lift her head. It was clear that the hunch would prevent her from looking all the way up. When she smiled at Mother Divine, Edna May's anger was unabated. I couldn't stand that sort of treatment. Under my breath I said father's motto, treat everyone with dignity and respect. What, Tommy? Edna May asked, nothing. I decided I had stayed as long as I could tolerate. Mother was treating people poorly, and I decided to once again return to California. 